Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show. It is Tuesday, February 20th. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. Connor McCarthy is here as well. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And the Royal Banks of Missouri text line is open for you, 84126. It's Tuesday, so of course we'll talk to Joe Holloman in our next hour. Jay O'Brien will join us as well from ABC News. Uh, Wendy and I were both talking about this this morning. Were you bullied when you were younger? And was it as much of a problem as it was when we were young? And Connor's 26. We're in our 60s. So, Connor, I want to bring you in on this, too. Or is it worse now? Because there is a new report that came out that said, basically, when bullies destroy a young victim's trust, mental health problems are likely to follow that young person into adulthood. The director of UCL, UCLA's Health Laboratory for Stress Assessment and Research, who called for investments in further research to identify risk factors and to develop programs to improve lifelong health and resilience, said there are few public health topics more important than youth mental health right now. Yeah, and so it said kids who were bullied at age 11 became distrustful by age 14 that those kids who did become distrustful, were three and a half times more likely to have mental health problems by the age of 17. In a sample of U.S. high school students, 44.2% said they had been depressed for at least two weeks in 2021, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 10% said they had tried to take their own life. Yeah, and the thing the study did, obviously there's been research linking bullying to mental and behavioral issues. But this one was the first to confirm how bullying leads to distrust and then mental health problems in late adolescence. So whenever it comes to these these stories in the news, obviously we want your your take. And is it that is it just a profound generational shift? Because what you and I were saying, is it a negative positive? Is it a positive negative? Because I don't remember being bullied. I would have, you know, you'd have fallouts with your little friends, with your girlfriends or whatever, you know, where two of them would get mad at one of them or one, you know, so, but that's, that's not bullying. Um, Bullying was something that you just rarely even saw. I, you know, I would see, I I do remember one kid named Dave, I'm not going to give his last name. And he said something really horrible about another boy in class. And the, the the boy was, you know, kind of overweight and awkward and his and I just felt horrible for him. And this was in seventh grade. So I guess that would be the classic example of bullying or physical bullying. But did you don't remember? Well, I remember this was under the fourth grade that there was one fat child in our class and she was bullied and I decided to solve all her problems and took her under my wing and started saying, like, let's go on walks. And my brothers would come home and say to my dad, somebody hit me. And my dad would say, hit them back. Yeah. Hit them back. They'll know they won't hit you again. Try it. You'll see. And then they would do that. And and it would stop. So, you know, when we talk about, I I believe that any situation – and it's is it is it even valid what my opinion is on this topic if I've never been bullied? If I if I don't feel like I've ever been bullied, then is my opinion even valid? Well, obviously we would all want to help 
a young person in our life who was being bullied. And on the World Bank's Missouri text line, people are already saying it's social media. And from the 6 through 6, I'm 72, no such thing as bullying. Some kids were just mean. Mary Lynn says, I was bullied for five years at school. It was horrible. I got help. Somebody else, yes, it's worse now because of social media. Uh, Another one, 618, I was bullied at an area tech school for five years. This person did it to instructors and students with the administration doing nothing. I did consider suicide. I finally left, but he was still there years later. America is a bully culture. That's mm. interesting. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, so, uh, Connor, what you're 26. Did you see it when you were growing up, either in elementary school, middle school, or high school? Uh, bullying. You're you're asking, yeah. right? Um, I, I guess. And there were some things that looking back that you could say, well, that was kind of more mean than in the moment. It didn't feel as mean, but uh, I, I don't know. Not not like in the movies, right? Uh, not shoving someone in a locker, or, right? Giving someone a wedgie. Right. Not like that. And no surprise, I've never seen that movie, Mean Girls. Was that about bullying among girls? Because we've had our listeners tell us before, girls are worse. Definitely. Um, And when the kids would, when the kids would, when the kids would come home and say that somebody was being mean to them, I would joke about, now do I need, do I need to, do I need to go to their house or do I need to... It was always like I we made a joke out of it mm-hmm. because they knew that I would want to take matters into my own hands, you know. Yeah. Even though they knew I never would, but it was like I said, "Do I need to go have a talk with so and so?" And I would make it obviously in a humorous vein that would make them laugh. It was like, "No, mom, everything's you know everything's going to be okay," but. Um, I, I'm kind of a big believer, and this is just parenting. I don't think you can minimize bullying, but I think sometimes you have to minimize negatives as uh-huh. parents because you don't want your child to be crippled emotionally and unable or incapable of rolling with what life is going to bring them. I and I eight four one two six. If you want to yell, that's fine. Um, but I. I think that when it's possible, you need to minimize the negatives and just help them become resilient. And resilience is not a topic I'm an expert on, but it is a topic studied by many, many psychologists. Resilience in children. Why do you have one child who might come out of a terribly abusive household and go on to be well-adjusted and another child is not, or two children who grow up in the same household and experience trauma. One is resilient, one is not. I don't know. Um, these these texts are coming in so rapidly uh, on the Royal Banks, Missouri text line 84126. Are you all saying that being mean is not bullying? I guess what Connor was saying was what we're used to seeing portrayed as bullying is the physical taking the the smaller kid and throwing him into a locker or what have you. But is being mean bullied? I guess it is. I mean, listen, from the 314, Donald Trump, a past president of this country, the epitome of a bully. He speaks with no regard at all. Somebody else said some politicians use bullying. Listen to this from the 618. My sister was bullied through anonymous letters from an adult 
relative when she was in high school. She never got over it, and she died 10 years ago, and she never got over that. That is very unusual, and I certainly hope that uh, that person was called on that behavior yeah, if they knew. Why would an adult terrible. do that to a child? From the 314, I've been a retired educator for 25 years. I taught for 30. Bullying has always been part of school. Social media has made it much worse. And for those of you who do have the time and can explain how social media makes it worse, we think we know because obviously everything is multiplied. It, it's not like you're hanging up the phone and calling Susie and telling her the gossip that you just heard about, you know, Lizzie or whatever. But it's it's just so huge and so vast. Is is there the anon, uh, uh, the anonymous part of it too? That is that that is an important component on social media? Yeah, good question. And one thing I, that we should continue to talk about, I've always wondered about young people and COVID and just with social media, they don't have the opportunity to develop the same face-to-face relationships, person-to-person, in-person that we did as children. And that's where you learn how to negotiate social situations that's exactly and disagreement right. and conflict. That's exactly right. And this is on the heels of the advent or the dawn of these these devices that we have that that also make social connection and eye to eye you know nose to nose connecting as you know sort of not not a thing of the past but much dif- much more difficult to have and what is the difference between bullying and being mean because look at when you grow up with siblings <laughs> Who's meaner to you than they are? I mean, come on. And yet you love them. So we're, we're going to go over. I mean, huh, these texts are coming in at a rapid pace. So we will uh, do a little business here and then we'll come back and go through some of your texts. But I do wonder what's the difference between bullying and being mean. Um, don't forget, you don't want to be bullied by the IRS, right? You got to get your taxes done on time. And Jeff Zufall from Capital Advisory Group can help you with that. He and Josh Gilbert from the Heidi Glaus Show have a radio program every Saturday here in the Big 550 called Keep What's Yours. And it's all about money and keeping more of your hard-earned dollars in your pocket instead of paying Uncle Sam. Obviously, you have to pay what you owe. And you still want to take every deduction that you are entitled to that is legal. And that's what Jeff Zufall and Capital Advisory Group can help you with. If you become a client, they'll take care of you through the year. And then when it comes time for tax filing, you won't be panicking or rushing to find your paperwork. You'll be well prepared. Give them a call, 636-394-5524. You can look Capital Advisory Group up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, and see all their services that they offer in addition to helping you with taxes. They can help you with retirement. They can help you if you're just starting out your career and you don't think you have enough money to save and invest, but Jeff says you do. Or you can listen in every Saturday at 3 to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall and Josh Gilbert right here on The Big 550. We really appreciate all of you as our co-hosts on the World Bank's Missouri text line, Justin and Mary Lynn. And, of course, Mike from accounting says the IRS doesn't bully, but they can be mean. 
from the 314. My opinion only, but to me, bullying is an ongoing issue, something that happens daily, weekly, or longer. Being mean is something that occurs sporadically but can turn into bullying. I love that. I love that definition. I also want to um, go down to the 314. Uh, No, you cannot lead this conversation if you were never bullied. I'm a 70-year-old male from Catholic schools, bullied through graduation. Um, And that's, yeah, that's that's sort of, I'm just, and, and that's why I said that. Uh, because you I asked that question, yeah. If we have not been bullied, yeah, can, are can we, we? Is it are any of our points valid? And well, um, I think all of you are making really val- very valid, valid points. Yeah, points. from the three one four. I'm sixty eight. Went to Catholic grade school. I was president of eighth grade, and my so called friends began bullying me in mean girls fashion. Miserable until I accepted I was no longer in the cool group. I can still feel that humiliation. Somebody else from the 314 says bullies are bullies their entire lives. They are bullies because they are insecure. The only reason they stop bullying is when they become self-aware of their insecure behavior. Now, I have heard that if you stand up to a bully because they are cowards and insecure, they will back down. I think that I think that's I think that's absolutely true, but I I'm just trying to imagine being the mother of say a son who would I encourage my son to confront the bully and possibly be physically assaulted to an even greater degree? You know what I'm saying? That's the thing about parenting is like I always say it's like dancing on the head of a pin because what you think looks like it would be the remedy could end up making things worse. And this is why this, you know, parents go back and forth a million times on every issue. It's rarely as simple as you know, just stand up to the bully because... Exactly. And when does that cross over into domestic abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse in romantic relationships and familiar relationships? What what do you call it? Well, and the mother in Michigan, wasn't she basically encouraging her son to stand up to the bully? I think with, I think with a greater awareness of the different sort of stratus... Of, of mental health and um, especially with young people today, that's changed the conversation for, for some folks. Mm-hmm. I was bullied. I am 42, says someone from the 314. I recently read a scenario about bullying. Are, uh, imagine your most embarrassing moment. Are you cringing just remembering it today versus yesterday? It terrifies me for my children. I'm sorry if I didn't read that right. These come in one sentence, half a sentence at a time. But I will say, (laughs) I consider myself a well-adjusted adult. A lot of times, I don't get a good feeling after I'm looking at Facebook and reading the comments and stuff. It just doesn't feel good. So I I stay away from it. And what I I find that, uh, unless we're on the Jennifer and Wendy show page, other than that, I just don't spend a lot of time on Facebook because they've changed, I suppose, the algorithms. So you're not even seeing what you used to see. So it's 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 like it's almost like they've in their desire to to stay economically <laughs> relevant, then you know, they've sort of cut a lot of people out of the, you know, just the 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 mix. Um somebody said what bullying as an adult was bullied as an adult, cost me my career. 
who bullied you as an adult if you if you don't mind um if you don't mind letting yeah without us know, giving without names, giving names certainly uh, from the 314 my younger brother was bullied by a kid in the first grade i was tired of him coming home every day crying i put him on my bike to find the kid and i had them fight the bullying ended mm. one day when i was in my 30s and you know lived in a great neighborhood the little flower church and worked my overnight hours and i had a bull so i hung out with a bunch of 8 year olds And, of course, I didn't realize I was babysitting at the time, but they all got permission from their parents to come to my pool. And that's how I spent my afternoons. And these two little boys, Wade Taylor, you know who you are, now an adult, they start fighting. Like we're just, I think we might have been taking a walk and these two little boys start tussling and fighting. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. How did this happen? And they said, oh, we're boys. We're having an argument. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they were fine. They got up and they were fine. And then they shake hands and they rub dirt on it. And that's that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's different than what we're talking about here. What was uh, – they are coming in so, yeah. so fast. Um, and this is why, you know, as, as as it would be to have a child who is being bullied, I would be – I would be much more concerned if I had a child who was a bully. Oh. If, right? I yes. mean that would be devastating if if somebody called and said your child is bullying other children. Oh. I mean that would oh my heavens. Yes, uh, I would disagree. Says somebody from the three one four that bullies are bullies for all their lives. I had someone who bullied me through all of elementary school. We went to the same high school. She didn't do it in high school, but a number of years later, after she was teaching someplace that had children with disabilities, she came up to me during a reunion. And apologized for the bullying that she had done to me in grade school. I appreciated the apology, but the damage and trust issues were not resolved as a result of that apology. The person who was bullied as an adult and it cost them their career, there were two co-workers. And the sad part is they both left the workplace shortly after I left. That's hard to imagine in in the the workplace culture today to think of bullying not being called out by HR if this person sounds like they were very happy in the job but these two co-workers made his or her life that difficult that they had to leave that's just unbelievable and these are adults I remember this was a long time ago in a newsroom but I remember a young person saying to a boss I will not be talked to this way I already have my degree in social work I was so stunned and enlightened and thought, yes, it's an I statement. She's saying it to a boss. I will not be talked to this way. Did you think the boss was out of line? Yes, but I was used to it. At the time, it just seemed like the way way we were talked to by some bosses and they were bosses and we weren't. And, you know, this was a long time ago. Right. But see... That if if you talk to a group of people who are the same age, that conversation is going to go off in all different directions because then it turns into a well, yeah. I mean, sometimes like back in the days of sexual harassment, and I'm 69. You talk to a lot of women my age. Of course, it happened in the workplace. Of course, we didn't say anything. But in the Christine Craft, we didn't want we didn't want to lose our jobs. But in the heat of the moment. I guess I have I, I guess I have a lot 
a, a lot more tolerance for people who can be on the, you know maybe they the Scott Rudin was a uh, he's a producer in Hollywood and Rita Wilson called him out publicly for his behavior and I think things got really tough for him but he was a celebrated Oscar winning you know and it's like I I don't know I don't know how I feel about that if some if if you're in a creative environment and somebody has a moment I'm not going that's not going to impact the way I feel about that person, that it's just not. Um, because that's, I don't know if it's that way in, you know, the the real world, because I've never worked in the real world. I mean, I really haven't. Um, radio stations, television well, stations are very different. it makes me think of editorial meetings that we would have, and they were diverse. And it would not be unusual for uh, one person to say to another, you're crazy. That idea is terrible. Exactly. And then somebody That's else would I mean. say, you're saying that because you're white and affluent. Why don't we do this story about the black woman who's disappearing? That's right. And it was heated and it, right. it wasn't unusual for people to say, you're off base. You're crazy. And nobody took it personally. personally. Exactly. Now, should they have said that idea is off base instead of you are off base? Yes. To be politically correct and use I statements. But when the clock is ticking and you're going to air, you don't always have time for the niceties. I have told my husband, who has been involved in, he's a vice president, he's executive vice president for Mercy's HR. um, And I've told him things over the years that he will put his hand up and say, don't don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. Because he can't believe some of the things that happen in the media. Exactly. So we're going to continue. I mean, your comments are coming are in so quickly. as always. So we will continue to read those, but we have to take care of a little business here. I know that uh, many of us in this age group come to the point where we, we just have to take the next step for our parents, and we know they can no longer live independently, alone. May we suggest McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care? I was so grateful that my dad did not fight it. When it was his time, but I had to travel to Florida. I wished he would have come back here and lived with me, and then I could have taken him to McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care. For one thing, it's locally owned. And that is so important. Uh, You do not want a nameless, faceless group of people making decisions that impact your parent because you have absolutely no say in the situation. McKnight Place Assisted Living has become known for its high-quality amenities, personalized services, and expert care. They have really great restaurant-style gourmet meals. And when a person moves into McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care, they make sure that that new person is welcomed by staff and other people who live there. They have a diverse schedule of activities so that people stay engaged, they don't become isolated. For instance, they have a daily happy hour four times a week, appetizers, drinks, live entertainment, really a way for people to connect. And they have all-inclusive fixed-rate prices, none of those buy-in fees. Call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule a tour at 314-993-3333. Tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you and receive a special offer.
Welcome back. The World Bank's Missouri text line, 84126. And we're talking about bullying versus being mean. Is it worse today than it was when we were kids? From the 314, I'm a retired Catholic school teacher who went through a training program to address bullying. Two factors that make a bully. The victim is targeted. It is repeated daily or weekly, usually having others in their posse. I can say I noticed this behavior is no longer a middle school problem, but we had to address it in kindergarten. So sad. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. That's unbelievable. Um, The second part of an earlier text, I was bullied. I'm 42. I recently read a scenario about bullying. Imagine your, it's cycling. Sorry about that. Imagine your most embarrassing moment. Um, Are you cringing? Just remember today versus yesterday. It terrifies me for my children. I think you already read that, yeah. but there were, there were a few other parts but to I that. But I might have missed part of it. I, and I think it's I think it's they're talking about the age, um, the ages, and then how these things are posted to social media, um, and then you have regular reminders of what happened. Yeah, and that's that is another scary part of it too that we never think about because we still don't really live in the social media world like some of these younger people do. And people are talking about, let's see, what do you do when the top dog in the company is the one who is the bully? Especially if others know that the person is a bully. Uh, And yes, there have been, of course, toxic behavior in the workplace and bullying bosses. They got away with it for a while. Apparently, they still do. Uh, But that's what HR is put in place to help us with in theory, right? That well, I I can I can tell you, um, and I obviously can't speak for every HR person, but the the HR person that I live with um, goes to the ends of the earth to resolve these situations, mm-hmm. and I don't know how he does it. I'll listen to him on a phone call, and I wow. I don't know how he does it. From the six one eight, some Congress people openly bully people, and they are not called out and shamed. Then they're emulated by our kids and other mean adults. What do we expect? So yes, and then um, what about the one who said that the what when your parents are bullies, and that uh, that's a different yeah. That's when I think it crosses over. I, I mean, emotional abuse, physical abuse, bullying. If it does happen in a with a parent and child, of course, a lot of those children go to school and act out. Yeah, and I've I've always been, and you and I have talked about this, I'm very sensitive to the term toxic masculinity because I believe there is also toxic femininity. Yes. And I I don't think it's fair to say that just men, you know, that that, that toxicity is confined to men because it's not. Agreed. Somebody says nurses are notorious for bullying their coworkers. I don't I've understand never that at that. all. I, I'm not a nurse, and I don't, I don't know too many. But I, I had never heard that. Uh, but I, I did read a statistic years ago that 99.9 percent of men on death row were abused as children. Now, we're, there's a difference, I guess, between. Physical abuse and bullying, they're two different things, but in perhaps within the same family of behaviors. Well, and I, I also think that when, you know, when you have the the number of stories, the amount of coverage to young people who contemplate suicide, mm-hmm. and and I think there there isn't anything that's going to 
terrify a parent like that. So if you if you have a child who is being bullied, then you're going to do everything you can in your power to protect that child. Um, obviously, you're not going to minimize that, but that makes everything sort of at height. You know, we're just everything is heightened today mm-hmm. when it comes to um, emotional situations, and especially in this in this particular way, whether it's social media bullying, bullying in the workplace, what have you. Every, I think everything is heightened. Don't you feel mm-hmm. that way? Yes, with with the addition of social media. And I was just reading an article this morning about how in our society today, uh, as did in a book that was written in 2000 called Bowling Alone, in our society today, we're missing the neighborhood hangout place or the third place, not your home, not your work, but someplace where you could hang out. Bowling alleys, PTA, like McGraw, neighborhood bar. Dickens. Wasn't yes. that the third? It was a bar, obviously. But so it it was a place where you could have interactions, sometimes with strangers or with people who weren't your family or your work buddies. And we are missing that. And I do think for young people who grow up without the same opportunities to have face to face friends and mm-hmm. contacts, I mean they they stick to social media for that. I, I really think they miss out on something. Um, I've been a nurse for 50 years. I've never seen a nurse bully another nurse. I have seen physicians bully nurses, though. Um, But then you did have the other text that said, um, yes, nurses, medical assistants are notorious bullies. I guess it depends on the place. Right. Again, another person says our former president and now candidate is a bully. And I probably... Would anybody disagree with that? Could anybody way? refute that? You can't yeah. refute that when he when he when he openly ridiculed a what's the it, it used to be handicapped but a, a reporter or someone in the audience I don't know the with accepted a disability, disability thank with you I'm a sorry disability. A, a person with with a disability he he made fun of this person and and mocked this person yeah. and there's no there's no arguing no so I don't know. If if people who apologize for him, um, I've never heard anybody try to explain that away. Is road rage a form of bullying? Yes. Ask someone from the 618. Yes, it is. It, it definitely is. And then a lot of people saying this comment about nurses bullying other nurses is untrue and ridiculous. We respect our coworkers 100%. Uh, we do our best to be a team. And there, there are different comments coming in on this, but... Here's another one. I've been a nurse for 50 years. I've never seen. Right. Did we read that? That was, they're just coming in so fast. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, you know, we're all human and there are going to be, there are going to be moments on the floor of a hospital where you're dealing with life and death situations. Can you imagine? I mean, that's stress with a capital S. Do this. This is happening now. Do this. Social niceties fall aside because they're trying to save someone's life. That's exactly right. And so sometimes I wouldn't think you could be overly sensitive and be a nurse, right? I've watched uh, Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) That's the extent of my experience, ER and Grey's Anatomy. Me too. And I can't even handle it on a television show. You, in other words... I, I would imagine that they they can't hold grudges on a floor. 
Maybe yeah, they can. I would think you would have to be thick-skinned. Thank like you. in a newsroom, you have to be thick-skinned, or at least in the old days. Or Maybe it's yes, different you're now. definitely not going to last. And look at first responders. They're mm-hmm. dealing with these life-and-death situations every day. And I would think they all know what happens when we're on the job. You know, sorry if we were out of line with one another. Um, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we will chat with Jay O'Brien from ABC News. Stay with us. Coming up on 1052, time to check in with Jay O'Brien, ABC News correspondent from Washington, to tell us more about a new proposal in the House regarding aid for Ukraine. Jay, thank you for joining us. What is the latest on this proposal? Well, it's it's tough to call it necessarily fully like a ready-to-rock proposal. It's, again, one of those bipartisan immigration deals that has a little bit more of a bipartisan and more hardline stance on border security. And also it's got aid for Ukraine and Israel. If, if this sounds familiar, it's because it's exactly – to a degree, not the exact language of the legislation, but it's the kind of theme that came out of the Senate um, earlier this year that House Republicans rejected because it wasn't hard line enough. So it's uncertain if that's going to go anywhere, but you just got to look at the general framework of what's happening right now to get a sense of the trajectory of aid for Ukraine. Right now, Congress, remember, is out on recess. The White House is hammering House Republicans for going on vacation without approving any additional aid for Ukraine, saying it's creating dire circumstances for Ukraine. Speaker Johnson has hit back and said he wants to meet with the president on border security, and it's certain that aid for Ukraine would also come up in that meeting. The president has said he's open to meeting with Johnson, but if they could actually come to some agreement is very much still an open question because of all of the various political machinations of that relationship. So the reality here is with each passing day, aid for Ukraine, if something doesn't give, is not looking likely. There doesn't look like a path for it to get out of the House unless Speaker Mike Johnson throws his support eventually behind it. Well, and and Vladimir Putin, even though he's not always part of the conversation, he is looming larger and larger, isn't he, Jay, when it comes to the upcoming elections and the conversations on Capitol Hill? Well, and it's interesting because Republicans, or excuse me, Democrats rather, have used that specter of Vladimir Putin, particularly recently, in trying to unlock the logjam on aid for Ukraine, uh, particularly the the death of Alexei Navalny. And Democrats have said, look, Putin is responsible for this death. He's also conducting a brutal invasion of Ukraine. The Ukrainians are losing ground, as we saw over the last few days in some instances, because Ukraine says they don't have that U.S. aid that they would need to make them uh, to, to be a key component on the battlefield. And so all of that theme, as you said, Democrats are saying, look, look at this. And let's try to finally break the logjam because of all of these various things going on that can demonstrate the need for this aid for Ukraine. Uh, And it's unclear how effective it's been with House Republicans. Um, We know that there are some Republicans in the House and the Senate who are in Munich for the uh, Munich Security Conference, which happens every year. And and reportedly, they are also getting pressure from world leaders to say, look, you've got to do something for Ukraine. Uh, Again, if all of that is successful, we don't know. Uh, We're going to have to see what happens when they come back, but certainly nothing's happened right now. And Jay, when do they come back? 
They come back in a few weeks' time from now. I believe it's in two weeks from now. Okay. Um, and then the Senate will come back and the House comes back. It's a little staggered. Um, but, yeah, Congress doesn't work every single day. You and I work. Uh, your tax dollars at work. I won't get into how their calendar is made. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Jay O'Brien, ABC News correspondent from Washington. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us in St. Louis. Thanks, Jay. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever looked at other families or couples or people and wonder how do they do it? How is their relationship so good? How do they find soulmates? Well, it takes work from all involved, and sometimes we all need a little help. Absolutely, and we're having this conversation about bullying and how widespread that can be in families or the workplace. And all it takes is a call to BetterHelp. If you have ever thought about therapy... Please give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist at any time for no additional cost. Therapy can definitely be a safe place to work through these challenges that we all face in our relationships, whether with friends or work, your family, your significant other. Therapy is not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us, the worried well. So visit BetterHelp.com slash J&W today. You will get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J-N-W. And we have just about a minute here. Lynn Venhouse has told us about the fabulous Fox Theater announced its 2024-25 season. Among the hits, you will have a chance to see Back to the Future, the musical. A beautiful, I feel like we're at the Oscars. <laughs> a beautiful noise, the Neil Diamond musical. Uh, Peter Pan. Oh, I want to see that. And the highly anticipated return of Six. Oh, I loved seeing Six. That was so much fun. Some like it hot. It is a stunning season. We'll have more uh, throughout the day here on the Big 550 KTRS. Have you heard of Kimberly Akimbo? I have. The, I have. I've never heard of it. I have. The um, most Tony Award winning musical of the season. Ooh. Yeah. So um, get your get your credit cards <laughs> Ready? Because those tickets are going to go like hotcakes. <laughs> That's right. We are coming up on more news with Steve Potter and ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show. After that, this is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show on this Tuesday, February 20th. It is Tuesday, so time to check in with Joe Holloman, Joe's political fix, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, stltoday.com. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good. How are you? You're well. <laughs> well, so far, so good. You seem kind of low-key today. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm, it's I'm cautiously optimistic that we have now turned the winter corner. Yes, isn't that the so. truth? I see you but, wrote about uh, Josh. You wrote about Josh Hawley in your column. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's it's so funny. Uh, not funny, but I have noted that it doesn't matter what I write about Josh Hawley. The comments from the readers are always the same. Mister Hawley uh, uh, elicits a uh, an emotional response from readers uh, that, uh, whether they like him very much or they dislike him very much, it's one of the two, but, uh, Josh Hawley has not made, uh, any, uh, uh, he is not taking any, uh, shortcuts to, uh, 
blowing up the GOP, basically, as far as at least on the floor of the Senate, uh, calling the leadership and Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell a total embarrassment uh, and very sarcastic comments about uh, blaming on leadership, blaming the uh, border situation uh, partially on Mitch McConnell for not being able to get a bill through and just laid it all at his steps so that group of senators uh, that uh, two years ago, year and a half ago, was led by Ted Cruz and Mike Lee uh, to unseat Mitch uh, from his uh, minority leadership. Uh, Josh Hawley has uh, joined that group uh, completely. Uh, when you call out the your party's <laughs> leader in the Senate by name and saying it's his fault, uh, you're, you're certainly not looking to uh, – you're burning that bridge. So it, it's clear that uh, uh, Hawley is trying to separate himself from the old guard of the Republican Party. Now, what that means exactly, uh, I who knows? But uh, he is certainly continuing on being a populist, being that candidate for what he sees uh, as every man and and doing it by, uh, you know, just being uh, hypercritical of his own party. So just something interesting to watch for all the political junkies out there when someone just goes after their own party like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you're wondering why you're doing it. So and we're seeing it play out. And uh, some people believe that it's because. Uh, Lucas Kuntz has done very well in at least uh, eliciting support from that quote-unquote working class, the blue-collar class, of which a whole bunch of Missouri is that. And is that why he's doing it, or is this some part of where he and some other senators believe that a change is due uh, in the Republican Party? Oh, no, it's just I find it interesting, and people seem to find uh, anything that Hawley does interesting either from a negative or a positive point of view yeah well and and joe he has a reputation whether it's right or wrong uh for being politically astute and Mm -hmm. opportunistic as most successful politicians are so has he if he's pointing the finger and criticizing mitch mcconnell where does he stand this week on former president donald trump Right. Well, I mean, you know, and he is he's endorsed him, you know, so he is on in the Donald Trump camp. I, I mean, that's it. And, and, you know, and, and many of the senators are. I mean, you know, and you made the good point there when you go back a part about being politically astute, astute. The one criticism I always love from people uh, is is when they'll and I think I've, I've certainly mentioned it on this show, but it's the old thing about why that politicians playing politics. Well, yes, and baseball players play baseball. That's right. That's right. Surgeons perform surgeries. That's what they do. So that should not come as a surprise to you. I think the surprise should be if someone's saying, I'm not playing politics. I'm just going to vote for the good of the country. There would be an interesting take. But, um, I mean, most of the senators uh, have come out and endorsed Donald Trump uh, because it appears – that he will be the Republican. You know, things can happen. Tomorrow's a long time, but it seems clearly that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican uh, nominee for president, at least at this point in time. And uh, so they all want to be on their side. I mean, you know, there, there's no political aid to make right now by saying, gosh, I wish it was Mitt Romney or I wish it was Nikki Haley. There, there's, you know, uh, DeSantis is my guy. That's done. And the political realities of it, it's the same with Democrats, regardless of what their reservations are. 
I am pretty sure that they are unanimously behind Joe Biden until Joe Biden is not the candidate. Right. <laughs> and, and then they're behind somebody else. So I don't I never put a lot of stock in what they didn't do is, is endorse the front runner. And when the front runner becomes so obvious, then you obviously endorse that person. And if things change, you know, you know, the, in the secret hearts of hearts, are there Republicans out there? Are there Democrats out there who wished their party would come up with somebody different? Yes, probably. Most likely. Are they going to mention that to anybody? No way in heck. I still don't so, understand. Why didn't they plan this like four years ago? <laughs> I mean, they know they know the ages of people, and they must have known age would become an issue. Well, there in, in the part of it is why didn't people think ahead? Yes. Darn fine question. But politics, it really is a where are we now and what does that mean tomorrow? It, you know, in what it shouldn't be. I agree with you there, Jennifer, that politics should be the one thing where there's a bunch of people astutely looking far ahead into the future and anticipating problems. But politics in the United States has been a series, not just recently, but been a series historically of handling the immediate issue and then on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. So when, when back four years ago, three and a half years ago, the only thing Democrats were interested in was who can beat Trump. And they looked at Elizabeth Warren. They looked at Bernie Sanders. They looked at Kamala Harris and said, those aren't the ones. The only person who can beat mm-hmm. Trump is Joe Biden. And that's all the farther they looked. It's from one election to another. The idea that government or a political party is sitting there and saying, what's our 20-year plan? It changes after every year. So you can have a 20-year plan, but it's the immediacy of it. So if Joe Biden gets up and says, I'm not leaving, I'm not quitting, I want to be president again, you're going to get a huzzah from all the Democrats, and they're going to try to win this election. And I think anytime we credit Uh, Any politician of any party is looking so far ahead to the good of the country. What they're looking toward is the next election. And in my mind, period. And in my experience, that's what everything is geared for is in 2022, everybody who was elected, every U.S. congressperson in 2022 who was elected immediately began thinking, where do what do I need to be doing so I get elected in 2024? Could not it, where is this country going to be in 2036. Yeah, right. I'm sorry to say they're mm-hmm. not looking at that, and they never have. I'm not blaming some new new age politician and saying back in my day. No, the politics has changed relatively little into what is important, and what's important is getting reelected and beating the other guy, and that's all they've ever looked at, and that, that's what they looked at four years ago, and you end up with Joe Biden as president at 81 years old, and now – questions about is he really uh is his mental acuity uh such that he should be president of the united states that was not a question they were asking four years ago even if it was an issue back then the polling numbers showed biden had the best chance of beating trump boom there you go is 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 lucas kuntz moving he's um and i'm wondering about the desire to uh, to be more appealing to the independent block Joe, because Lucas leans left, Holly leans right. Um, Holly seems to be the only one moving to the center. I just think that's kind of fascinating, too. Yeah, and, and, and it's uh, and in this race, we can talk about it because right now, uh, those two at least 
and you can never assume. But I would be terribly surprised if that Senate race in November is anything other than Josh Hawley versus Lucas Kuntz. And especially now that Wesley Bell has moved out of the Senate race, there's, there's, I don't think it was an issue then. I think Lucas Kuntz is easily going to be the Democratic nominee. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before, once or twice. And, uh, <laughs> but there's no proof. There's no once proof or twice of that. today. Yeah, once or <laughs> twice today I've been wrong. Um, and, and, and so uh, we get to see uh, – we don't get to see the primary battle because in the primary battle you have to battle for your party's faithful which tends to push candidates to the polls. And then by polls, I mean P-O-L-E-S, so that you have to keep the more extreme, the more strident members of your party happy to get through your primary. But then once you get into the general, everybody kind of moves back in the middle because no matter how we define it, oh, well, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, the interesting thing is more than half the people in the United States see themselves as independent voters leaning certain ways. Well, I'm independent, but I tend to vote for Democrats or vice versa. I tend to vote for Republicans, but I'll cross over. Those aren't the people who play in primaries. They're, they're not the ones who are invested in the primaries so heavy. So you have these candidates who have to take care of the faithful. And then once they get the nomination for their party, they can all come back in the middle and get the John and Joan Q public who are out there kind of fed up, kind of half happy or half dissatisfied with both parties, and they've got to try to win them over. And I think that's what we see with Kuntz. I think Kuntz has done uh, the same this race as he did last race until he just got flooded uh, with Bush money when Trudy Bush came in, which is to set himself up as that blue-collar, working man's Democrat call it a Roosevelt Democrat if you want to, but the, you know, I'm for the working man. And I, you know, believe in a fair shake, a fair deal, all those things that, that uh, resonate in working class areas, in rural areas. And I think Lucas Kuntz has done that knowing that he figures as the Democrat, he's probably okay in the city of Kansas city and the city of St. Louis and Josh Hawley, who I believe thinks I'm pretty good in the whole rest of the state, but why take any chances so that's why we have Holly, I think, out there uh, being this common man, every man, working man. I mean, I still think how showing up at the Chrysler picket lines. Right. You know, I, I, I think that's one of those things that, that he, and he knew he was not. And there's a very kind of a microcosm of it when you talk about party faithful and the regular rank and file. You look, all the unions will endorse Lucas Kuntz, most likely, most every union. And it goes back to the days of Ronald Reagan, where all the unions were opposed to Ronald Reagan. But they found out, lo and behold, most of their members of the union were for Ronald Reagan. Mm. And so you had this kind of division. I think that's what we have here, and I think that's what the card Hawley is playing is. is yes, I'm not going to get the UAW's uh, endorsement. I'm not going to get labor and trade unions' endorsements. But those guys and gals working in those trades – they might vote for me, and that's what he's going after by being sympathetic and showing up at places where, I guess for the lack of a better way to put it, he's not necessarily welcome. Nobody's rolling out the red carpet for him from the UAW to say, please come to our picket site 
and he shows up anyway. So I think they're both already playing for that middle, and Missouri has a bunch of that middle, yep. albeit leaning, mm-hmm. albeit a leaning right middle. Mm-hmm. So I, I think both Koontz and, and Hawley are doing exactly what they should be doing or what they see they should be doing uh, because they sort of feel, and though you would never get them to admit it, maybe Hawley, certainly not Koontz because nobody – you know, says, ah, I got this one wrapped up. That That's that's disaster waiting to happen. But I think both of them feel fairly confident that they're going to be in the November race, and it's going to be between those two guys. There's an interesting text on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line, 84126. Joe, Lucas Kuntz reminds me too much of Greitens. This is a physical resemblance that cannot be denied, but ideologically they could not be more polar. I mean, I just thought that was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. because people keep talking about the physical resemblance between the two. Yeah, and Joe, before we go, because we're out of time here, any news on the St. Louis firefighter who's accused of a crash scene theft? That we In April, uh, there's yet another court date for another uh, uh, appearance, April 1st, in court. There was an appearance a week or so ago. And they basically moved it on to another conference and to see when it's going to go to court. But it's still in the system, and I'm still keeping an eye on it. Sounds great. Joe Holloman, <laughs> stltoday.com, Joe's Political Fix. Thanks so much for joining us, Joe. See you guys. Bye, Joe. Hey, you know, about three months before you turn 65, you're going to start getting all these brochures in the mail about Medicare. Here's the best way to handle that. Call Ryan Raphael. He's the Medicare man. So you can find out in about an hour in Ryan's office which health insurance plans you are entitled to through Medicare, how much it will cost you. And if you're still working, are the Medicare health insurance plans better than the health insurance you get at work? You'll have questions about supplements, advantage plans, Part D prescription. And Ryan Raphael is just genius at explaining these to you quickly and efficiently so you can make the choice. Now, Ryan works for you, but you don't pay him. He's paid by the insurance companies. They regulate that compensation. So really, it's win-win. Give him a call, 314-368-6808. That's Ryan Raphael. Or you can look him up online, MedicareManSTL.com. And when you call him, please tell him Jennifer and Wendy sent you. And then let us know in our text line how your visit was. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. And I write the song. On the Big 550. KTRS. Maybe you saw Beyonce wearing a cowboy hat during the Grammys. Well, here is her new country song, Texas Hold'em. This ain't Texas. Apparently, somebody called this very small country radio station in Oklahoma and requested the song, and they said, oh, no, we only do country music. We don't play Beyonce. Art, like R&B. <laughs> right. You're like, well, guess what? Yeah. Beyonce, raised in Houston, has gone country. That's exactly right. She has crossed. And why, why shouldn't she? Taylor Swift did it. Right. Taylor Swift went from country to pop. 
Beyonce can be pop to gospel, whatever. As I mean, Connor was playing this, do you see the music video? I don't see the music video. Oh, I just okay. see the lyrics. Well, it the was vi- a, yeah, it was a lyric music video. The I video I watched is just one shot of Beyonce walking toward the camera, rather scantily dressed with a black background. I don't know if that's the official music video, but after watching J-Lo's movie, one-hour music video that cost $20 million, I thought, well... That was cost efficient. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just one maybe shot it of wasn't. Beyonce. Who knows? But maybe, maybe that was just the video that I saw, and there's another official video because usually hers are, go all out, and those things cost a I fortune. I can't believe I'm asking you this question on the air without any discussion prior <laughs> to. So you can plead the fifth if you want to. But you and I grew up in a world in terms of television, media, what have you. You remember the little bows that we that we used to tie that made us look like we were wearing menswear. Okay, it was yes. sort of it was oh, after the, Annie Hall. Yeah, you know there was a, a men's thing. There was a menswear, men's wear phrase, for right? Yes. Even if I mean, it, even if you even if you were comfortable doing it, even if young women today seem much more comfortable professionally. Exposing more than we ever in a trillion True. years could have because we were raised with the idea that if you were going to be taken seriously in any endeavor, you kept your clothes on. Even in pop music when you and I were growing up, I'm, I'm trying to think of people that that, dre- that were scantily clad. Right. Well, but she's a, she's a beautiful woman. Oh, yes, she is. So, you know, and, and most of the other women who are, you know, it's just, it's so interesting to me because could you foresee a place where you would be comfortable scantily clad in public? Well, when young, and I look at some newscasters and how they dress and, uh, you know, they look good, fine. But I wonder what if a man, a male newsreader or anchor Wore sleeveless. Or super, 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 super clingy. Like uh-huh. now, clingy. It does, it does seem like some of the suits that I see the young men wear are cut very close. They, they look too small to me, but I know that's the style That now. is the style. That's like Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. When I watch Instagram, the the fashion show, you know, the game day fashion show where they're getting off the plane and you it's really like they're models. They come down the you know, the the they come down the steps and they're they're definitely modeling. But they're athletes and I'm just wondering how would you feel about an anchor man? And and I notice many on on CBS Evening News, the weatherman is casually dressed, sometimes locally too, and that that's great. You know, that they don't have to wear ties and stuff. But I just have wondered, how would all of you feel if you saw an anchorman, like with, um, you know, a tank top? <laughs> right. Or even a sleeveless T-shirt. Or that, really, really, really form-fitting clothing. Yeah, like the, the way w- the women are expected to wear. Right. And the way some of the guys dress in the gym. Yeah. I just wonder. A4126, because we're just sitting now, here trying to figure out. Somebody's the- making a good point here. Share. Well, had a now huge career being said. This is true, yes, and she, she has defied every definition. So, um, our quote of the day. So, keep those texts coming. Eight four one two six is from Irma Bombeck. I still miss Irma Bombeck. There is a thin line that separates laughter and pain, comedy and tragedy, humor and hurt. Mm. Isn't that good? Say that again. 
There is a thin line that separates laughter and pain, comedy and tragedy, humor and hurt. And you've always said that your family... My family, gallows humor. Gallows humor. I'm very, very gallows humor. Chris is gallows humor. Um, We made fun of one another in a way that would never fly, I have to remind myself, outside of the family. And it was just our family way. It was just the way you dealt with things. We were talking early about bullying, and I'm like, well... Gallows humor? Was that bullying in our family? We were just used to it. Oh, on the Royal Banks, Missouri text line, Madonna also, yes, made her career. Yes. Being scantily clad. So they were way, way, way ahead. Yeah, so I'm absolutely proven wrong here. But I just never, I guess I never thought of. But now we see street fashion. Yeah, the the Florence Pugh, I'm I'm still sort of reeling from an Oppenheimer um, event where she was wearing it was there were there was there was nothing left Miley to the imagine Miley Cyrus yeah <laughs> I so, just wonder how do they sit down and eat at the dinner I, yeah <laughs> how yeah. do they breathe yeah. how do they move yeah yeah <laughs> maybe you have the answers for us eight four one what do they do when they drop something <laughs> yeah. hmm. If you're looking for a dentist, may we suggest Baldwin Dental Care? A few years ago, Wendy and I became patients there. They're out on Manchester Road in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods Store, and they've been doing this for 50 years at Baldwin Dental Care. But Dr. Kimberly Simons bought the practice from her dad. It's now the largest female-owned practice in the state of Missouri. They have a new patient special, a comprehensive exam, four x-rays, and an oral cancer screening, and a cleaning or $99 or $100 credit on your account. They have evening hours and Saturday hours. They text you. They offer affordable payment options. When they say, we remember what it was like to be a patient, they mean it. And they mean if you have anxiety in the dental chair, they will go out of their way to comfort you. That's what they're good at. New patient special right now, a comprehensive exam, four x-rays, an oral cancer screening, and a cleaning For $99 or $100 credit on your account, call 636-227-2552 or just Google Baldwin Dental Care. If you stop in, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Well, people, do you remember indeed on the World Bank's Missouri text line? And you're so right. I'm I'm so wrong about Cher. I oh. just I loved Cher as an actress. I still don't think of her as a singer. She was always pushing the fashion envelope and that was her thing. But during the break, I said to you, I I came up with Joni Mitchell and Linda Ronstadt and Bonnie Raitt and those and they just didn't do the boobage and the mm-hmm. cleavage and the all of that stuff. So um, and boobage is a scientific term. You can look it up on Google. But um, that's the difference. That's once, the difference. Once again, Wendy, Mike from accounting. Wins, wins the day. our text of he the wins day. the day. I told him the other day, it's a shame we don't give out prize money, Mike from accounting, yeah. or you would be living in Sedona, your dream place. He says today, I have to dress modestly. I don't want to distract any of the office ladies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Florence Pugh was naked in most of her Oppenheimer scenes. Yes, she was. Jane Russell, Marilyn Monroe, yep, Jane Mansfield. Yep, yep, yep. Sexuality I, was part of Mona Lisa's allure. An ancient Roman general, says somebody from the 314. I who still, goes on to say, excuse me, women are naturally awesome. I still think that there are some women who will and some women who won't. 
regardless of the setting. Is that is that fair? Yes. Did you see this mm. from the 314? I only want, I really want to own, okay, I only want an answer to this. Am I a bad guy for liking the traffic girl on Channel 2 and Paige Halsey from Channel 4? They're attractive. No, there's nothing wrong <laughs> no, with that. No, you're not. There is absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Uh, from the 314, my husband wore dress, dress shorts one day to work. The boss said no, and he said, well, the women get to. He still he still said no. Sexuality sexuality isn't necessary. Ronstadt, for instance, but sexually shouldn't sexuality be, should not be shamed. That's absolutely that's 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 true. That's and that's so that is absolutely true. I but, really do think Madonna, who's like uh, sixty five right now, back in the day, was trying to make that point. I and I think that she was a very astute businesswoman who knew what would get her out there. And I know that that is, I am definitely in the camp. Send your hate mail to 638 Westport Plaza, 63146. I am in the camp that Madonna was more of a astute business person than a vocal I agree with you. power to be reckoned she with. She doesn't have a great voice. She had good music videos back in the day when music videos were big, and she had a movie that came out. Shanghai Surprise. No, it was, was behind the one. scenes of her tour. Oh, uh, the one, one with Warren Beatty. Was it Madonna mm-hmm. Black and White? I can't remember, but when they looked at all the footage, I just read this. She doesn't return my calls. She decided that the behind-the-scenes footage was what she wanted to make the movie about, and they hadn't really planned that. It was going to be a concert tour film. Truth or Dare. It was called Truth, Truth or, or dare. dare. Truth or Dare. But... She instructed them to leave out all the business meetings. She she wouldn't let them film them because she is indeed an astute businesswoman. There you go. Mm-hmm. And there you go. And I think that she I think that she wanted to be taken seriously as an artist. I think she was more of a performance artist yes. than what we think of as a classically, you know, Beyonce type artist. Right. And apparently I, I have not really developed an appreciation for Beyonce. I'm not particularly familiar with her music. I know she's a beautiful woman. I know she's, you know, has this long music career, but apparently there is a college or two where a class is taught in female sexuality slash Beyonce. So I don't know enough about her lyrics or or Beyonce to be able to speak about that anymore. But apparently she too has this thing like female sexuality should not be shamed. Madonna was awesome in Evita, says someone from the 214, and she took voice lessons. Her voice was pretty, uh, was fuller than usual in that. Um, And look, from the 314, Madonna was quoted as saying, I'm not the best singer, I'm not the best dancer, but I know how to push people's buttons. Yep. There you go. And she has pointed out she got lucky, which I the one bone I have to pick with Oprah, and I've never been a, but you know I appreciate the things Oprah's done about reading, but Oprah said luck never had anything to do with her success. I have a problem with that. Did she? Did uh, what? What did she attribute luck? I mean, what, what did she Someone attribute said, for her? What? What did she attribute? 
to her success or for her success or success for I guess her, her drive, her ambition, her talent, but she just has never said, well, so-and-so so gave me a lucky break. Well, and, and but there are some people, I think, who 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 think in terms of faith, you know, it wasn't luck. They'll think I was, I just oh, was, I see. you know, so I, I don't know if she countered Good it point. by that way. Um, you need to watch my favorite Beyonce video. And I think that there's probably some um, video that is going to be uh, blanked out or whatever because of oh, language. It. But it's the formation video. Do you know I what I'm talking about? I think I have seen that. Yeah, it, it's, it is powerful. It is really powerful. Um, and I think it was off of Lemonade. That was, mm. it was that. From the 314, I'm a 62-year-old male. I would go see Madonna tomorrow. By the way, did you know she fell off her chair with one of her dancers last night in Seattle? I saw, saw that, that this morning. Yeah. And she seemed to laugh about it and move along. I was watching it without sound. So uh, from the 314, Beyonce is an awesome vocalist. Yeah. Uh, not the greatest singer, but you can, but can hit every note and is an awesome performer. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I just, for some reason... I, I'm not that familiar with her stuff. Um, we, Wendy and I are so happy that St. Louis County Library is sponsoring our show and the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club. And uh, tonight in St. Louis, Yang Zi Chu is appearing uh, at the St. Louis County Library. You can go to slcl.org to find out more. She was fascinating. Oh, An she author was fascinating. Who wrote a historical novel. Her most recent one is The Fox Wife. And I thought you had the most beautiful voice she has oh. the most beautiful voice. If you if you go to the county library tonight to see her, please report yeah. back because Jennifer asked her, "Do you do, do you do the books on tape?" Because we would love to just listen to you read the phone book, and if, she does. She has yeah. three audio books. Uh, but if you go to the library, you can check out more than books. I don't know if you've renewed your card or even been to the library in a while. I know about 10, 12 years ago when I went back to the library, thank you, my co-anchor, Pat McGonigal, who had five kids, and said, I can't afford to buy books. I go to the library. I returned to the library. It is fantastic. They have the Library of Things where you can check out non-traditional materials, musical instruments, fishing equipment, games, kits, puzzles, and more. All of that you can check out with your library card. And what we really, really love about this this new day at the library, they always helped us become who we were going to become uh, because we gravitate to authors when we were kids and, and types of stories. Well, in 2024, they're starting a new program uh, called Explore. And this is really along the exact same lines. But this series, it's going to help kids and teens Discover new interests through these engaging programs. Topics include robotics or yoga or dance or weaving or drawing, music lessons, and so much more. They have an amazing lineup of presenters, too. And if you just don't feel like getting books out and making all the trips to the library, just get your card. And they have a variety of free e-media that you can download or stream, including books and audiobooks and magazines and more. And one of my neighbors today, when I was on the way out to my car, was asking about listening to this show. And I said, there's an app you can listen on your phone. And she said, well, I, I don't know if I'm technologically savvy enough to do that. But if you want free e-media from the library, they have online workshops and you can learn how to do it yourself. For more information, just go online, St. Louis County Library, 
slcl.org. Oh, yes, I remember her outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And remember when she was on the, the aircraft, not the aircraft carrier, but the destroyer? Wasn't this it? For was Belize? that it? I don't I, know. I can't remember. I'm just looking at the album cover. I that think probably so. was it. I could be wrong. Or was that if I could turn back time? A couple of people were asking on the World Bank's Missouri text line about the movie we talked about yesterday, which Connor and I have seen called Poor Things. Neither one of us liked it. I actually wish I could unsee it. I'm sorry I watched it. It's more polarizing than Provel cheese because we had somebody on the text line yesterday after we were discussing it saying it disturbed me. I thought it was gross. I wanted to take a shower. But after I – and I could be combining two t- different textures. But remember they said after I thought about what they were trying to do, I liked the way they, they were trying to do it. Okay, and Connor, you saw it. and I, I never remember who the directors are. I'm just not into all of that. What was your take on Poor Things? I, I didn't like it at all. It was weird. The director, he seemingly only makes weird movies. Yorgos Lanthimos, I think is his name. It's just it's just weird and strange, and I, I just clearly don't like any of them. So I don't think I'll ever like anything he makes. Is it safe to say it's some sort of remake of Frankenstein? A, a- it clearly takes some yeah takes some inspiration from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't know what you you didn't like it either. So Ugh, I didn't like it at all. But, <laughs> but if Emma Stone but, wins Best Actor, I think she deserves it. It's it's strange though, right? I mean, like, can you? Win uh, an acting award for a movie you really didn't like. It just feels like I can't. I can't give. I can't give it to her for that. I didn't like the movie. I, how I didn't can like I... the movie either. But I wonder how does an actor do that? How do I really feel like I'm watching a four year old do something I don't want to see a four year old do, and then a tween, and then a young woman. And there, there are many themes of sexism and controlling women and Handmaiden's Tale. You know, so I, I get that maybe. People would like it for that reason, but ugh. Did she win the BAFTA? I think she did. Uh, I'm for not best. sure. What's BAFTA again? Uh, the British, British Oscars. Oscars. Um, and I don't know. Somebody said they checked Prime last night. It's not there. It might be on Apple TV. And and usually at this stage, they are. you do have to rent it, and sometimes it's $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did win the BAFTA. She did win the BAFTA. So. And so did... Uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. okay. He's a guy who played Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of things well, to watch. Well, just so you know, I'm not recommending this movie, believe me. I I, I kind of wish I had not seen it. Yeah, and then I've told scenes, you. I, there are scenes I cannot unsee now, right. and I'm sorry about it. And there are, there are people I adore, absolutely adore, who loved it. Loved it. Well, so, that's part of the reason I why. watched it. When I heard Lynn Venhouse say it was, you know, she didn't recommend it. And I believe, don't quote me on this, I don't think Max liked it either. But then the only reason, that would be good enough for me not to watch it. But like you, Wendy, I heard from people. That you women trust. Yeah. Who I admire. And I'm like, well, there must be something to this. Do you know of any other movie you haven't liked where an actor or actress won Oh, I'm sure, but I wouldn't. Her. I wouldn't have given it to him. Yeah, yeah. So you can't separate the movie from the performance. I can't, but clearly other people can. Yeah. Can you separate the art from the artist when you go to the art museum and read about well-known artists from days gone by whose work you loved, and then you find then out you find how out. horrible they were? That's right. Will you still like Picasso's work after you hear? You know, or will canceled. you cancel him? Yeah.
That's but this is a freedom of choice thing. We don't have to see these movies. We can choose to see these movies. That's exactly right. Uh, That's somebody exactly said right. it's based on a novel from the 1600s. Because it does, to me, seem like some sort of remake of Frankenstein. Because that was the Sunday. I think if we, it was CBS Sunday Morning. They did, they they did the the profile on Emma Emma, oh, Emma Thompson, I missed Emma it. Stone, and they did talk about the original piece. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, everyone. John Carney, Thank Julie you. Buck. Up next, we'll be back tomorrow.